In old school games where life is cheap No, don't be a dope, bring a pole and a rope Whatever you do, try not to go No, don't go down in a heap Hey everybody, welcome back to the Down in a Heap podcast I'm your host Rob, podcasting to you live from beautiful northeast Minneapolis the top of the show, we heard Season's Greetings from Safer, from the Safer Fantasy Crafting podcast, doing his Christmas version of my theme song, so thanks for doing that, Safer. I think that might have been from Christmas of 2021. Um, yeah, so it's it's been a while, and I, I'm sorry for that. Um, I've been, as regular listeners know, I've been kind of swamped. Um, December especially is uh, just nonstop craziness in retail food business. And I really just haven't had much to talk about. I guess nothing was really making me want to, uh, or <laughs> lighting a fire under my butt to, to gab about something. Even though I did get some messages from the last uh, podcast episode, which I will play shortly and respond to. But the other thing is, uh, I, I lost my little buddy, Herm. Um, Herm passed away on, uh, December 16th. And, um, that's, uh, <laughs> sent me down in a heap, I guess. Um, it was totally unexpected. Another loss to cancer. F cancer. Uh, so 2022, pretty bad year for Rob. Lost my best friend Bill to cancer in June. And then uh, now lost my best furry friend, Herman, only 10 years old um, in December. So it was a blue Christmas around here, and um, it'll be. Uh, blue times for the foreseeable future. The house feels pretty empty. He was a huge personality, um, always present. It's even hard podcasting because he would usually be hanging out, sometimes uh, trying to get my attention, sometimes just uh, making a ruckus in the background or um, you know, playing or whatever, um, or just hanging out because he always liked to be around me. Um, he wasn't a, a especially needy cat, but he was a very social cat. Um, and I'm going to miss him greatly. Lily misses him. She looks around for him. Still, I don't think is adjusted to him not being around. They were... Lily, you got something to say? They were buds. Always cuddled up with one another, especially in the winter when it was cold. And uh, it's kind of heartbreaking not having him around for all of us. But that's life, right? It's uh, often a kick in the shorts. So um, we'll move on from these melancholy matters to some gaming talk uh, and get to these messages from Keith and Daniel who called about my... Um, School Hard Knocks idea for uh, potential hit point growth among characters. So 
Let's see what those gents have to say. Hey, it's Keith. I was calling in about uh, your school of hard knocks idea. I didn't really like the idea when you first, when I first heard you talking about it. Um, it just seemed like some more power creep and things like that. But as I got going with it, or you know, thinking about it in my brain, uh, it, it kind of grew on me. I kind of think it might be a good idea, something worth kind of ex exploring at least and see how it goes. I, I like how it's going to help out you know, subpar characters and the more subpar, of course, the more likely you are to get something out of it and uh, probably won't help out characters who are uh, already doing pretty well with their hit points um, very often, although, I mean, occasionally you might get a little jackpot out of it. Um, I don't, I think if you're going to use this, I think it should maybe be uh, the only kind of house rule for hit points, because uh, I think if you stack that with something else, um, might be a little tough. And I'm wondering about people maybe trying to, to game the system a little bit, but I don't, I think that's just going to have to be explored through play to see how it works. So yeah, I'm in favor of it. Uh, let's see how it goes. Hey Rob, Daniel from Bandits keep calling in. Uh, it's interesting. You're going to use planet Eris. Now I'm looking at mine and I'm like, Oh, I want to use this as well. So uh, I might be running a campaign there as well. And so far as the school is hard knocks, I like that, but you actually convinced me pretty well in one of your older podcasts that starting at max hit points in like a BX style game is a good way to go because it helps differentiate the fighter. So I don't know, maybe start at max hit points on first level and then start the school of hard knocks second level and beyond could be interesting, but it's funny, as you were saying it, I was thinking to myself, yeah, it shouldn't be for missile fire or spells or whatever. And sure enough, you said the same. So I think it's a pretty cool system. You know, and I don't think it breaks the game and it just gives somebody, you know, players like to uh, have achievements and rewards and it just gives the player something to be like, oh, cool, I got an extra hit point, uh, you know, assuming that they roll well. So that sounds pretty cool. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for the comments and feedback, guys. I really appreciate it. That was Keith, who is uh, my longtime friend <laughs> of... Um, 41 years or something like that is that what it is now keith wow um and then daniel of course from the daniel uh from the daniels the bandits keep media empire uh bandits keep podcast youtube channel actual play channel and i just recently heard that he started up a new podcast with a uh a friend of his called monsters and treasures so I think there's three episodes of that up, so go check that out, too, if, if you just can't get enough Daniel in your life, which uh, is understandable because his content is all really good stuff. So, yeah, Keith, I'm, I'm glad. Well, I'm not surprised. You're usually pretty open-minded about things, even, even things that initially don't seem like it's up your alley. I think you usually have a very uh, uh, open-minded approach to things, so I'm glad you kind of sat and noodled about it um and maybe while you're not uh 
100% sold on the idea. It sounds like at least uh, it's something that you think might be uh, a fun approach to the game, a new approach to the game. So, yeah, power creep. I mean, I suppose it's something that could potentially uh, raise the average hit point total for player characters. So in that regard, it is a little bit of a, a power creep. Um, it's It does, of course, stay within the bounds of the possibilities of BX because you're not ever able to get more hit points than the maximum. You're just, as you rightly point out, this is a mechanism that is geared mainly towards helping out those players that have really poor roles on their hit points uh, and and redresses the potential imbalance of someone that's rolling really well versus someone that's rolling really poorly and it's just a, a few die rolls that you're making you know if, if your third level character has six hit points um, and your your party your fellow uh, comrade who's also third level has 18 hit points and it's just be, <laughs> because you rolled crap on three dice and your your uh, comrade rolled great on three dice um, you know that's that's kind of crappy and to me that's the like the biggest downer <clears throat> in the game is when you amass enough experience points to go up a level. And especially in BX where you don't really often get much if you're, for instance, a fighter or a dwarf or a halfling or something. It's not like you're getting new skills or powers or anything like that. And you only get improvements into hit rolls and saving throws at, at these different tiers. So going from like first to second and second to third level, you're not there's nothing really changing about your character except getting more hit dice and more hit points. So if that's your one thing and you roll a two <laughs> for your hit points at second level, it's you know kind of like, oh, there's nothing in the game that's ever going to change this except going up to third level. But it's never going to address the, the fact that I just botched this roll. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, I think it's a, a cool way to potentially redress that kind of situation, add a little bit of pizzazz between uh, sessions, potentially, where you might see these little incremental improvements. Um, and it's, yeah, as you point out, it's more likely to help the subpar character than someone that's rolled well. If you've rolled well, it's unlikely that you're going to roll even better. But it's still possible, you know, if you're not at maximum hit points, that you still might get that... Uh, that one hit point or whatever that you're that you're lacking uh, and then Daniel yeah um, that's that's true I mean starting at maximum hit points is a good way in a game like BX where the fighter especially the human fighter is uh, in my mind clearly the worst character class in the game um, over the long haul even even in the short run, if you don't give them the one thing that could potentially differentiate them from everyone but the dwarf, um, and, and and the fact that they have a D eight hit point or hit die, um, unlike everyone else except the dwarf, 
So giving the maximum hit points is the best way to differentiate differentiate them, say, from the cleric um, or the halfling or whatever. Um, but if you do some house ruling to make fighters a little bit different, uh, like, for instance, I do, just giving them a plus one to hit at first level and giving them in a game where you're not really using critical hits, if when they roll a 20, they get an extra attack, uh, or that they get an extra attack if they're fighting uh, in melee, if they're fighting creatures that have fewer hit dice than they do, then then that kind of redresses the imbalance that I perceive in the game uh, for fighters. So it's not quite as uh, incumbent upon you to to try and redress the imbalance. But, you know, what you suggest is certainly a workable system and something that I think players probably would prefer in that starting at maximum hit points at first level, at least then most characters have a chance of surviving like one hit or something most of the time and um it may may survive a couple hits especially if you're you know going to d6 or more hit hit points but um i kind of yeah i mean i'm not really sure which way to go there i'll probably just canvas the the group and and say hey we can do it either way uh but yeah as you point out i think it's i think it's really cool uh, to have these little possibilities for incremental gains between sessions and um, in a game, again, like BX, where a lot of the character classes don't really change at all, uh, aside from hit points, uh, or, or don't change very often. The, the actual character doesn't change much. You go up in level, you get some hit points. Um, having this possibility to, uh, to, to balance out the, the crap die rolls that you have, I think could be kind of exciting for the players to make a roll between sessions. Ooh, I got an extra hit point, you know, I'm one step closer to, uh, to uh, reaching my maximum potential. As far as gaming the system, that's an interesting point. I, uh, I often think about loopholes but I don't often find all of them, of course, uh, until you, like Keith said, until we start playing. And then uh, someone will figure out a way to game it. The way I see that you could potentially game it is just having your character, like, hanging back in the melee um, with, a, say, an ogre. Your first level party runs across an ogre. The fighters and you know the people in the front rank are kind of battling it out with it, and the the KG player is hanging back with their th- with their thief or their elf or whatever, um, kind of ostensibly looking for an opening or holding the torch or whatever, and uh, and they they're listening closely to the gameplay and you know the the ogre's been hit multiple times now. So they feel like it might be safe to just step in for a round or two and potentially 
get this uh, potential boon by you know the school from of hard knocks. So yeah, I could see someone just kind of trying to ride the coattails like that and uh, and hoping that they can just step in for one round and then maybe even step out or or then the creatures finish that round or something. Um, so you could potentially just say that you, rather than just taking part in the melee or something, you have to either have scored a hit in the melee or taken a hit in the melee. So you have to have some kind of skin in the game, so to speak. Um, so that would be a way to potentially redress that loophole. And there might be other loopholes that, uh, <laughs> that I don't see. And usually, um, I don't really care so much about it when people find these little ways to game the system. Some people just kind of uh, take delight in somehow finding an edge. And uh, I think sometimes it's better to just let those people be happy having their perceived edge. Um, and as long as it doesn't bug uh, people, other people at the game table... You know, let them have their way, I guess. But uh, sometimes that does bug me, and that's why I do sometimes try to redress these these issues that are brought up. So they might discover something in one campaign, and then uh, you, that ends, and you start a new one, and you close that loophole that you that you see someone has exploited or something. Because at some point, you just don't. If there's an obvious benefit to playing say some certain species or class species combination or class or whatever or or some attribute is king in the game if it just encourages everyone to follow that path then is there's that whole like illusion of choice well yeah you you can be any other class but this is clearly the best one <laughs> so it's uh I don't really appreciate games as much when there is like one one way that's clearly better than others and if you don't choose that you're just kind of like, "Oh, I guess you're choosing it because you're just wanting to play something different." But uh yeah, anyway, I'm going off into the weeds here. So, thanks for the calls, guys. I appreciate it. And um next segment, I'll just have a couple little comments and maybe a a glance ahead at 2023. So I'm finishing up this podcast here on the morning of New Year's Eve. So Christmas has come and gone. I hope everyone had a, a good holiday, whatever they celebrate. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, etc., etc., um, or just, um, you know, good times with family and friends, whatever. Like many a confused spouse, Mary didn't really know, as far as like gaming stuff, what to get me. So I had some things in my Amazon cart that have been there forever, and I just never have bought, so I shared that with her. And she in turn, purchase these things that I had been long mulling over and uh, had been languishing in my cart. I just don't like buying things from Amazon, really. Anyway, 
I'm a hypocrite because I let someone else buy, <laughs> buy it for me. But they're going to uh, a good cause. Uh, uh, good people, I hope. So, yeah, so what did I get for Christmas uh, gaming-wise? Well, I got White Box, fantas Fantastic Medieval Adventure Game by Charlie Mason. This is a his take on, I think, Swords and Wizardry White Box. It's, I know, a lot of people sing its praises for its brevity and um, completeness and adhering to the spirit of OD&D &D and stuff. So, yeah, it looks pretty cool. I got that. I got a physical copy of Cairn by Yochai Gall. Um, I probably butchered that like everyone seems to butcher his name. Uh, sorry. Uh, and this is pretty cool. I, like I said, I do have the PDF, and I've read the PDF, and I think it looks like a, a fun take on Into the Odd with, a, with some elements of Knave and stuff. So this is, a, I think, a, a really cool game that I'd like to explore at some point, or at least maybe make a hack of my own or take this for inspiration for hacking into the odd so recommend that as well and last but not least the dungeon dozen by jason schultes which is a very big uh this thing is like well if you include the index over 200 pages of art and d12 tables uh, various random tables for all kinds of um both useful and kind of crazy kind of things. Like here, just randomly, the Dragon's Gourmet Night, a menu. <laughs> so, I mean, some of these things I'd probably never use, but maybe maybe by just having this, it uh, does what I think it's in excuse me, intended to do, is to kind of inspire you to like, oh, well, maybe this could be an interesting thing for... A scenario idea or some kind of setting implications or whatever so anyway these are d12 uh, you know i love d12 um tables from jason schultz's blog the dozen the dungeon dozen blog um so it's a compilation of those so yeah that's what i got for christmas and then um gaming wise oh and then i got this board game which i still need to open up called horrified which looks really cool. Uh, it involves all the universal monsters, and I, I think it's a cooperative game for one to five players. I'm hoping it is a fun solo game because I have a feeling it'll, it'll mainly be a solo venture with potentially getting Mary to play and stuff too. Uh, so I hope it's a good one or two player game. But I think the the point of the game is cooperative, and you're trying to. Uh, stop one of the universal monsters from terror terrorizing the region. So uh, I think you just kind of either randomly determine or choose one of the monsters, Frankenstein, Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Wolfman, Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, who am I forgetting? Did I say Dracula? Mummy, the mummy, of course, um, from rampaging in the region. Uh, so and it even comes with little... Uh, figures of all the universal monsters so I got that from my brother for Christmas so thanks Mark thanks Mary 
And last but not least, the Kickstarters rolled in. I first got uh, the Hyperborea 3rd Edition leatherettes and additional swag, uh, t-shirt, dice, and the new module, uh, the Late Trapper's Lament. Uh, very high quality stuff as far as, you know, like the physical presentation. Um, it just looks dynamite. Uh, I haven't really delved into the game. I've just been so down in the dumps, honestly, and, and just swamped at work that I haven't had to, I've hardly listened to podcasts. I obviously haven't done a podcast, and I haven't really done much gaming or gaming stuff. Um, but I have a feeling Hyperborea is probably going to be something that I maybe don't do for my next campaign, or this upcoming campaign, but the next one. So it might be a 2024 kind of thing where I take this year to just to read it, become familiar with it, maybe uh, talk to my players and see if they want to uh, get involved with this and stuff. And if so, it gives them plenty of time to absorb it as well. But for this year, it's going to be OSE or BX, if you will. And the other Kickstarter came in too the OSE Advanced uh, box set that I had ordered and also got t-shirts and a couple of the scenarios, uh, Halls of the Blood King and uh, uh, Winter's Daughter and the Carcass Crawler zines. And those are all really cool too. So again, just like the Hyperborea and like all the other OSE stuff I have, very high quality from a physical uh, point of view, um, just dynamite stuff, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to noodling around with this, and I have read uh, a couple of the books, uh, the rules books, and I think, so upcoming in 2023, if people are interested, you know, I did the long BX deep dive, and ostensibly OSE uh, is admittedly just uh, re a repackaged, reorganized BX, right? For a modern two-page layout, bullet point um, spread kind of thing. So uh, Gavin Norman makes no bones about it. This, his, his goal was to make something that was adhering very closely just basically you know this the same game the spirit of the game he wanted it that way the only things that he added were the things that were missing the, the missing detect invisibility spell and and flip having the option for having ascending armor class for you know more modern gamers or um so it's it's not anything innovative aside from its presentation. Uh, and obviously, it's rewritten, so he's uh, um, so it's not just plagiarism or whatever. But uh, but it's the same game, and that was the intent. Now with the advanced OSE and like especially the Carcass Crawler Zine, now we're moving into the realm of this is more. Uh, an extensive set of house rules, more or less, trying to bring in uh, many of the things that were presented 
for AD&D and converting it into the language of and the mechanics of BX or OSE Classic. So, I might do a deep dive into advanced OSE. If people are interested in that, let me know. Um, my campaign, upcoming campaign, as Daniel noted, uh, is going to be Planet Eris by Jim Johnson. Um, and that's the setting, and I'm going to be using BX with a lot of the advanced OSE classes. The ones I think fit in that setting and or the ones that I like. So, yeah, that's the plan, the gaming plans for 2023. We'll keep playing in, in Keith's game, of course, too. Uh, he's running the Caverns of Thracia in, uh, for BX. And, yeah, the other, I, I definitely want to have Keith back on the show. I'd like to talk to, have a conversation with him about Mega Dungeons. I know he likes Mega Dungeons and, you know, the where, why, how, what. <laughs> and the other thing I really want to talk to Keith about is... Uh, have a conversation about the weird in D and D, uh, and the Gonzo, and what what's the difference between weird and Gonzo, and where do you cross the line into whimsy, and what do all these things mean? Because that's a topic I often get confused by. What when, when people say it's Gonzo, what do they mean? Do they mean it's just like uh, it makes no sense? <laughs> Or is there an internal logic? It's just a different kind of internal logic, like the whole um, kind of alien underground, though. No, I can't remember the something mythic underworld. That's the, the term. So um, those are kind of my plans. I'd love to have more people on the show as well for interviews. I uh, so another goal I have for 2023 is to learn how to. <laughs> capture recordings on Teams or Zoom or whatever kind of uh, communication platform, Discord, uh, so we can record some interviews or tandem shows with people. I used to use the Anchor app all the time, and when I do it with Jason, he does the recording, and the one I did with Keith, he did the recording, and they send it along to me to load up to Anchor. Anyway, that's... That's kind of the podcast plans for the the uh, 2023 season, too. I'm actually, it was my four-year anniversary of podcasting. Yeah, Lily, four years, can you believe it? On December 10th. So, four years of craziness. Woohoo! All right, well, wishing you and your families and friends all a very happy 2023 Let's hope we get some uh, more more good than bad in 2023. <laughs> I guess that's all you can hope for, right? Um, I'm I'm happy to leave 2022 behind me. It was a crap year. Um, I'll long miss uh, my friend Bill, who was as much brother as friend, and uh, yeah, my old pal Herm. So, thanks for listening. Thanks to Keith and Daniel for your calls. And until I talk to you again next year, don't go down in a heap.